Hey guys, welcome. It is a snowy kind of icy Colorado day for you guys in Colorado. And so we just decided early that we just let you stay home and grab a hot chocolate or a glass of wine or whatever your favorite drink is. And we'll share tonight. And so anyway, first off, I want to, uh, just thank Zach and Jess. Some of you guys know them. I'll, I'll this is kind of a cool shirt. This Toyota. Uh, trail teams and I'll, I'll share the testimony that goes along with it, which is pretty cool. So, uh, I'll, I, I love the testimony, Zach and Jess. So I'm just going to kind of paraphrase though, cause it's, it's a couple pages. So they write, uh, this proof that it works, practicing what you preach and said, um, at the beginning of the year, Jess and I started to practice what we've been hearing from you, Joe Dispenza and others. Uh, when I started, I was working for an insurance firm for about two years and they all of a sudden dropped me without an explanation other than, they had another person in the area, but I believe this was a great opportunity to build a business, which I started to do. I started building it based on what I was learning from you and others. <clears throat> and he said, I focused on the wealth side of things and it was, wasn't long before it started to show. I got on the roster and adjusting firm in another company very quickly. As May approached, Jess and I decided to go on a trip to the mountains to celebrate our one year anniversary. I was reading the book, infinite, infinite possibilities while on the trip and just spent time applying what it was saying. On Saturday morning, uh, he said, we, we went for a hike and I saw a Toyota Tacoma coming off this trail. And I remembered my built up Toyota Land Cruisers that I no longer had. And so my heart started to stir. So basically, um, uh, he got all stirred up and he wanted to, to go get one of these sweet Land Cruisers again and reading the book and what he was learning. He said, you know what? This is what I want. I started to put down everything I wanted. And then uh, Wednesday morning, I continued my search when I stumbled upon a truck for, he gives an amount. No way was I going to spend that much on that vehicle at the point because uh, I didn't want to trade my Audi for it. <clears throat> but it's uh, out of nowhere, I sent the message to the guy and just said, hey, would you ever consider a trade? And he said, come on by. He goes, here's how weird it is. I didn't have to drive across the country. I didn't even have to drive across the state. It was literally one street over. So. The truck was built up, had refrigerator, awning, as well as bumpers, lift, winch, uh, with new tires. All you car truck guys get all excited about this stuff. So he was down, he was turning down people who were offering him much more than I was going to. And, uh, uh, so long story short, basically, um, he said, Hey, you know what? Let me, let me go home and pray for it, pray about it, see if I want to trade my car. And then the next morning I was watching a video and, uh, knowing that a thousand dollars for a refrigerator he was looking at putting a, a refrigerator in this truck was crazy during the video. He said, Hey, if you come this morning, I'll throw in the refrigerator. So I told him I'm on my way. So they traded cars because, and uh, then, Oh, he went to trade my car for a new one. So the guy he traded, traded his Audi in for a new one. And because of COVID and related issues, the dealer couldn't transfer the title from Texas in normal time. And so as my buddy and I were sitting there, he said, you know, we could buy that car back from the dealer now because the, the title troubles for less than six grand. So not only did I get my dream truck, I got my Audi back for $5,500. I got the desire for both of my cars for only $5,500. A couple months, my, a couple months later, my income doubled and on the road trip and on the road to triple and soon we'll triple again. I got my dream truck that I always wanted. I didn't have to add thousands of dollars of upgrades that I always wanted, and I got to keep my Audi. 
I've been able to do things that I've been dreaming of for years all in the past few months. And I'm planning on doing cross country trip in this truck later this year. Thank you for leading us into our destiny. Also, here's what's cool. The shirt that uh, is on this was the design they used for the Toyota trail teams t-shirt that's still being used today. So pretty cool. huh? And he, he sends a picture of the actual photo of his truck. Oops. There it is. That uh, this whole shirt is still used for got everything for under 5,500 bucks. That's pretty cool. So anyway, I think that's cool. Let's uh, let's talk about John three sixteen and 17. And, and I'm going to go there. I like this. I actually like being able to do it from my laptop like this. Cause I can teach um, how I do it when I go into scripture. So one thing that's, I think is really cool. And, and Paul, some of you guys have seen Paul on the fellowship who grew up Muslim from Iraq and Christian guy now. And, and he said it, what I've, he said it best, what I've been trying to share for quite a while that Western thought, how we think here in the U S and Western countries is very literal. And, and uh, what does it say? What are the exact words of scripture? And he got on a few weeks ago and that a lot of you guys were on there and he said, you know, we don't look for what does it say? We say, what does it mean? Which is more of an Eastern thought. And I've, I've long said, I said, we've been trying to read an Eastern book, meaning this beautiful book about story and mythology and allegory and uh, how it's supposed to, that, which was how it was originally written. And we're trying to take the literalness of it. And so a bunch of you guys were asking me about John three sixteen and 17, like this week, a bunch. And so I know Kayla and some of you guys. And so I answered you back. And I thought, you know what? This is a great setup for Christmas, actually. Because I think uh, the Luke 2 message of Christmas, I think, will be awesome for a lot of you guys. Because I'm going to go, hey, here's the literalness of it. A son was born and all these different things and and wrapped in grave clothes. But it's really pointing to you. And I'll, I don't want to give too much away. But uh, so John three sixteen and 17, most of you guys can quote it. And so here's what it said. Let me just read it first. And then let me just go into some of the Greek and what uh, the deeper truths in this. So here's John 6, 316. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, there's a couple huge thoughts right off the bat that you should pick up on this, that God's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And so if his whole point is love here, and he would never judge any, he would not judge the world, but he wants to heal it, which is just so so. It's heal, comfort, make whole, prosper, all the different things that are in that word so so or soteria. And so uh, <clears throat> that's who he is. He'll never change. That should be the first thing. So what is love? And I've shared with you a lot of times, is God love? Yeah. What would it be so preposterous to propose that he's love and he's only love that he's not love, but because that's how I was taught. He's love, but no, he's not love, but he's love. He's love. And that's it. And love doesn't keep any record of wrong now, which is why he didn't come to judge. He came to heal. So, so, and so what a crazy, awesome message that you have to understand, guys, when these scriptures are written, they're they're healing a lot of the, the myth and allegory and stories of all the other world religions at the time that all had similar themes, that God's angry, he's on a mountain, 
He needs to be appeased. And the, the best way to appease anger, his anger, his wrath against humans, that he's separate from us, we're, we're not together, is sacrifice. And the whole story, if you understand this, is healing who you are, that you've been nothing but a loved son and daughter from the beginning. There's no other way you could do it. Every human being that has breath has Christ in him. There's no way that uh, something that could be alive could be alive without life. And we ha- he's the only source of life is what we all believe. So anyway, if that person, if that human being is alive, they have to have life in them. And so the incarnation was not, in my opinion, 2,000 years ago. The incarnation was, says from the foundation of the world, every human being is this mystery that's been hidden for ages, but is now revealed. Christ is in you. He's not like all the myth and allegory and other religions that he's out there and he's on a mountain and he needs to be uh, appeased. No, he's love. What a different God. What a radical God that he's love. And not only that, he's one with you. So anyway, let's dig into this. Verse 16 here. For God so loved, it intensifies his love, is what it's trying to show, the cosmos or creation that he gave. So love gives. That should be another um, huge concept out of this, that love only gives, love only heals, love never judges or condemns. Love is patient. It's merciful. It never keeps any record of wrong. All the things in 1 Corinthians 13. That's who he is. Now, so he has intense love for you, which causes you to give out of what you have. Now, this is where it's interesting. His, and I think we, when we read it in English, we think one and only is is three words, but it's not. If we click on it, it's pretty interesting. It's monogene. And I'm going to click on it. I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but I'll read it. Mono, We I think we all know what mono is. It's one, right? And then genos. So let's read this. This is pretty interesting. Only, only begotten. Now, this is where I think it gets interesting. From 3411, which is one and only, and 1085, which is genos, offspring, stock, one and only, one of a kind, literally one mono of class, one genos. And if you keep digging in there, it literally says uh, soul genos, soul gene pool. Meaning that, what's he giving here? Monogene. There's only one class of people in the world. Everything, one genos. And we see this all through scripture that, you know, when types and shadows in Abraham. Abraham's the father of how many nations? All nations. And so what is he giving? He said, you know what? I'm giving my one and only monogene. There's only, and then son, huyos. And I'll explain this here in a second properly a son by birth or adoption figuratively now here's where the eastern thought comes in what does it mean anyone sharing the same nature as their father anyone sharing the same nation of their father if we go down here huyos likeness of the believer to the heavenly father resembling his character more and more by living in faith so what's he doing here god so loved all of his creation he gave only one son. Now, if there's only one son, by default, it has to be the firstborn, which is really important because firstborn to the Jewish culture was you get a double portion. And so we see through scripture for our shame, we get a double portion. And so what is he giving to the entire world? There's only one class of sonship. There's only one class of humanity. 
monogene, one gene, one nation, one race. He gave everybody the exact same inheritance is what he's saying. I gave sonship to the entire monogene. <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. Every nation, every tribe, every race, every language that we see in Revelation 5, he gave sonship. Now, that means a ton to the audience here at this time. If I'm a son, that means he's my father. And if he's my father, that means I'm not orphaned. And if I'm not orphaned, that means I have an inheritance. And there's only one sonship that he gave to everybody. And that sonship is the firstborn. We're joint heirs of Jesus Christ is what he's saying here. God so loved creation that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have age. And it's this word is ionios, eternal life. It doesn't mean forever and ever. There's a Greek word for that, which is adios. Eternal life means life of this age. When you get it, you can experience life, everything that people are putting off to he- till heaven someday. You can experience right now because he's given sonship to the entire planet. There's only one gene and there's only one son. And he gave it to everybody. Everybody gets to participate in this sonship, daughtership to him. Paul makes it very clear that there's no Jew, Gentile. There's no male, female. There's one body. There's one father. There's one spirit. All of us have been included. We all get the firstborn sonship, the double inheritance. Now, that's cool if you get that. For God did not send his son into the world to judge it, to condemn it. Let me just show you this word. Uh condemn and it's really krinos i'll click on it so you can see that i'm showing it and it's if you just take it as is krinos means to separate this is why the lie of separation throughout religion is so bad so a judge came to separate every everything all fear comes from this idea of separation it's the exact opposite of love because if we're separate from God and we, we even get a hint of the guy who's in charge of everything is kind of how we were, how I was taught. He decides whether he blesses you. He decides whether he curses you based on you. Um, if there's any judgment that I'm feeling that I'm, or separation, I have a fear. I have a fear that I'm not enough. I have a fear that he, that he maybe he won't provide. I have a fear that maybe I deserve what I, what's coming to me because of, um, because of my actions or behavior or belief system, or um, I have a fear of not being loved, lack of love. Maybe I'm not good enough, pretty enough. All fear is not enough. Where love is provision of everything. So he's saying, I gave you sonship. And if you've heard me talk about this a lot, I don't want to get into it too much tonight, but if you were a son, if you were bar mitzvahed, meaning I recognize you as a son. You were co-equal with the father. You got to conduct the father's business affairs as if you were the father himself. There was no light between you two. You were one. Everything the father has is now at your disposal and you can do whatever you want with it. That's love. Fear is the exact opposite. Maybe I'm not enough. Maybe God won't do this for me. Maybe God's holding back from me. Maybe I didn't ask correctly. Maybe I didn't ask according to his will. All of it leads to fear, doubt, and all of the prayer verses, guys, are 100%. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, sweetie? Um, confirmation, assurance. Like, you're absolute. Yeah, like, no, there's no gray. There's no, everything's great. So then he says, God didn't send the, the son into the world to judge the world, 
but to save the world, to heal it, to make it whole, to make it prosperous. Now, verse 18 then starts to make sense. Whoever believes in this is not separated. If you believe that you're one and a son, you're not condemned, separated. But whoever does not believe this is already separated. That's what he's saying. Because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Meaning that you don't believe you're a son. You don't believe you're a partaker of everything that uh, that God has. There's only one sonship given. It's all the same. And he gave it to everybody so we can all enjoy it. If you don't believe this, you're already separated and you already have fear. But if you do, it's going to make you whole. It's going to make you prosperous. It's going to make you have everything. You realize you have everything you need. Now, what's really interesting, um, I'm just going to share a little bit on Matthew 16 because this will kind of set me up for uh, uh, the service I'm going to do on the 19th too, which is right before the Christmas Eve Eve service, right? Now, if you, I've shared this with quite a few of you guys on the online fellowships, but uh, if you look at all the quote unquote sozo salvation verses, they all have a couple things in them. You know, when, uh, when Nicodemus, who was one of the leaders of Israel, comes to Jesus, you got to understand what, what night, darkness, day, all those terms are. Day as I can see, there's no more darkness. I can actually see something. Uh, darkness was, I can't see clearly. I'm in darkness. Um, so Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. So he's a shepherd of Israel, one of the teachers of Israel. And he comes to Nicodemus at night, meaning he's coming in darkness. He's coming in. He doesn't understand. And he asked Jesus, what must I do to be so zoned, to be healed, saved in, in English? And Jesus kind of gives him a hard time. What you a teacher of of Israel and you don't understand any of this stuff? Like, how, how, if you don't understand what's written, what's exact, the literalness of it, how in the world are you going to understand the spiritual interpretation? Is basically what he says. How many? If you don't understand this, how could I show you the real stuff? You think you're going to understand spiritual things? Come on! <clears throat> and so he presses him a little bit, and he says, "This is what you do to be healed. You must be born from above." Meaning you must know the name of God and he's given you sonship. You must realize that he actually, you're actually born from above. You're monogene. I've given you my only sonship. I've shared my life with you. Everything I have with you is yours. It's your inheritance as a son. There's only one class. I've given it to everybody. Everybody that has breath literally is birthed from the same gene pool. There's only one. We have different earthly mothers, fathers, but Nicodemus, you must be born from above. So salvation, you'll see, always has to do with the birth, which should start setting you up for Luke 2 story of, of Christmas already. <clears throat> but let me show you Matthew 16. This is kind of interesting because this is another one. So uh, this may take a little explanation. So Peter confesses that Jesus is Christ. Now confession, guys, is homo logio. Homo is the same. Logio is say. So if you really just want to break down homologio very easy is you need to be able to say that you're the same as God. Hello, because that's what sonship was. You make yourself a son that makes you co-equal the father. Blasphemy is what they told Jesus in, in John 10. So let's, let's go read. So here he's talking to Simon Peter, Simon Peter and said, you are the, Oh no, that's not where I want to go. Um, 
That's too early. Hold on. <clears throat> okay, this is kind of interesting. So verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Now, if we get into the Greek here, literally, I'll just tell you what it is. It says, who do anthropos, which is mankind, say that the son of anthropos is? So who does mankind say that the son of mankind is? That's the real question. We read it as the son of man, I am. It doesn't say that in Greek. It says, who do mankind say that the son of all mankind are? When you say I am, who do you say that I am? This is a question to all of you. Who do you say? You're a son of Anthropos. You're the son of mankind. Who do you say that you are? That's really what he's saying here. <clears throat> so they said, so some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? When you say I am so-and-so, who is the, who did the son of mankind say that the son of mankind really are? When you say I am, what do you say? That's what he's saying. So Simon Peter answered and said, I'm going to paraphrase it. I am Christ, the son of the living God. That's what he's saying. You are the Christ. I am the Christ, the son of the living God. Now Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but father who is in heaven or the spirit. And I also say to you that you are Peter, a rock, a little pebble is basically what it says. And on this rock, I will build my church, the body, us. What's the revelation? That you are one with Christ. The son of Anthropos, if you are born of a man or a woman, the son of mankind, you must be able to say, I am the son of God. I have, There's sonship, which is all the salvation verses, if you get it, guys. <clears throat> Simon Barjona, the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Peter, you're a little pebble which is a part of the big rock. I love how Francois says it. Peter, you're a chip off the old block. So you're a little rock off the chip off the big block. That's basically, he's kind of doing a wordplay here. And on that revelation, I will build my body. You guys are all sons of God. And the gates of Hades. Hades is, hey, is negative. I can't. Das is see. The gates of not being able to see who you really are will not prevail against it. Verse 19. And when you get this, if you're a co-equal with me, if you can conduct affairs and business as me, I will give you, because love gives. Love doesn't hold anything back. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you allow on earth will be what, if you really translate it in the Greek tenses, it says, whatever you're not allowing on earth is what you will not be allowing in, in the heavens. And whatever you allow on earth is what you will be allowing in the spirit. That's what he's saying here. So let's go back to John 3, 16, 17. Oh, I'm getting excited about the Christmas service, actually. Because it's like, come, oh, it's like, yeah, I see what it says. But what does it really mean? It's so good to me. So good. Might rock some of you, but because you want your nice little service. But nothing happens with that. It happens when you get a revelation of sonship that are you telling me? I'm not telling you. That's what this is telling you. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. 
He didn't give us sonship to judge us, guys. Never would, never will. He gave us loved sonship to realize who we really are, to make us whole, to make us heal, to make us one with everything that we could ever have. When you believe that, you won't be judged or separated ever again. This is the message we have to get to everybody. So I'll just share this with you. I don't want to go too long. So um, he loves. He's not love, but he's not love, but something else. You know, sometimes people go, he's love, but he's also just. Yes. And his justice is beautiful. He says, you know what? I don't treat people like everybody else does, judging by behavior, good, good, bad tree. I simply judge by love, no matter what. So how would you feel? This is where sozo or healing comes from, salvation, really, in all these verses. When you realize your beloved son, that you're co-equal with the father. He doesn't want you to feel separated, judged. You don't ever have to fear for anything ever again. Where fear, fear and judgment all come from the idea of separation. He goes, if you're already believing that you're separate from me and not one, where I'm in you and one with you, you're already separated. You're already judged and condemned. So let's get this message that he's only loved to people. So how would you feel? I I shared this in the text in the email. I remember when this revelation first came to Barb and I, that he would never judge you. He would never condemn you for any of the mistakes you made nor any of the mistakes you're going to make 10, 20, 30 years from now. And the first time people get it, the first time people, I've never seen it not have this experience where they go, oh man, that would, they just deep exhale this breath. That would be amazing. That's what love is. It never keeps record of wrong. So guess what? He's only love and love gives, never stops giving. So how would you feel if you could trust in a love that would bring your dreams to reality, no matter how crazy they are? In fact, if you have a desire there, consider it answered prayer. It's kind of like the little natural gauge or pointer in every one of us that uh, Psalm 37, 4 and 5 says, he's going to plant a desire in our heart so we can't miss it. Man, I wish I could have more of this. I wish I could have some of this, or I wish I had this much income or If that desire is there, guys, he placed it there. It's already answered prayer. And the way to get it has already been provided for. You don't have to figure that out. Except that that's already true. Except that you're already loved. Except that you're already whole. He doesn't play by the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You are a loved son and daughter. He's already given you everything. He gave you sonship to every class, to every race, to every nation on earth. He's given the firstborn sonship the double inheritance to every one of you. Everything it could ever need for life and godliness has already been given to you. It can't get any better than that. And how simple does it come? If we have a desire, if we can see it, if we if we even desire it, know that it's already available. In fact, it's already yours. And if we accept that's true, before we've been asked, he's answered before the foundation of the world. Now we can start living in this beautiful sonship that does nothing but heals. It does nothing but prospers. It does nothing but uh provides it can't do anything other than that because he is love and that's all it is he's not love but so hopefully that gets you excited it gets me excited that's where sozo comes that's where salvation comes it has to do from a revelation my true origin my true monogene 
My true birth is God himself, and he's made us one. And he's given everything he has as the firstborn inheritance. So God bless you guys. Hopefully that makes sense. We will see you Sunday night, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock at the normal fellowship time.